I remember when I was young, probably five or six years old, the saddest part of my day would be when my father would leave for work. I remember I used to stand by the window and I would watch until his car was no longer in sight. And I always had a sadness inside that my dad had left for the day. My mom, being a good mother, was always aware of that, and so she was always able to get distractions for me very quickly. So she would throw my brother and I in front of the television to watch Cartoon Network. <clears throat> but I've always remembered that feeling, and I've always thought that it kind of stinks to be the person that's left behind. It's always much more exciting to be the person going on the adventure. I'm sure the apostles experienced something very similar to that when Jesus ascended into heaven. But see, Jesus told them before he ascended into heaven, he said, if you love me, you would rejoice because I am going to the Father and the Father is greater than I. And he promised the disciples that he would send them the Holy Spirit who would console them and would teach them all things. See, today is a feast day of great joy for us, brothers and sisters, of great joy, because today our Lord is enthroned as King of Heaven, and he takes his place there in the sanctuary not made by human hands, but into the true Holy of Holies, to intercede for you and for me. See, the mystery of our Lord's ascension into heaven is the grounds that gives you and I unshakable confidence in God. We hear in our first reading that during his 40 days between his resurrection and his ascension, that the principal thing that Jesus spoke to the disciples about was the kingdom of God. And we hear the disciples ask Jesus before he leaves them if he's going to restore the kingdom. You see, they're still confused. They don't get it. They're still waiting for Jesus to do something like restoring the Davidic kingdom as it was under King David and King Solomon. You see, Christ is doing something greater Something much greater than the Davidic kingdom is in their midst. See, Jesus Christ himself is the kingdom. St. Paul says in the letter to the Ephesians, which was the other option in the Missalette that we could have read, that Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father, far above every principality, authority, power, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. And we heard in our responsorial psalm, God mounts his thrones to shouts of joy, a blare of trumpets for the Lord. It's one of my favorite psalms of the entire liturgical year. In fact, last night, Father Brian and I were at the Colosseum where about 500 young people were confirmed. And it was an incredibly powerful event. It was very long, so no complaining about how long Mass is this Sunday. But it was powerful. It was very powerful to watch 
these young people be confirmed. And the music was incredible. They had a brass ensemble. And so as, as the choir was singing, you know, God mounts his thrones to shouts of joy, they actually had trumpets blaring. It was, it was incredible. We also heard in our second reading, though, from the book of Hebrews, that Christ enters heaven as our great high priest. If you remember in the Old Covenant, the Jewish high priest would once a year enter into the Holy of Holies in the temple. He did this on the Day of Atonement, on the day that he would go before God and confess the sins of the entire nation. But see, before the priest could go into the Holy of Holies that one time a year, he had to offer two animal sacrifices. He had to offer the first one, for his own sins, and then he would offer the second for the sins of the people. You see, though, we have a high priest who is holy, innocent, undefiled, set apart from sinners, and higher than the heavens. Christ offers himself as the one sacrifice to the Father in atonement for our sins. And you and I share in the fruits of that sacrifice every time we come to Mass. Brothers and sisters, it's only through Jesus that you and I can enter heaven. But you see, we have unshakable confidence because Jesus has ascended into heaven before us to prepare a place for us. And he stays there and intercedes for you and I unceasingly before the Father. See, that's worthy of thinking about. That Christ prays for each of us individually before the Father unceasingly. So often people will tell me things like they're discouraged from prayer because they feel like God never answers their prayers. I'm not sure if you've ever felt that. I've definitely felt that. I think sometimes we can kind of get into the mentality of treating God like our divine butler. Someone who's supposed to wait on us and give us what we want when we want it. Or perhaps we can fall into the temptation of instead of praying the way we were taught, we can say something like, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, my will be done on earth and in heaven. But you see, we don't pray that. We pray, we pray, thy will be done. Sometimes our prayers are not answered because we lack trust and confidence when we pray them. Other times, perhaps the things that we're asking for aren't really good for us. St. James in his epistle says, You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. But St. Augustine says, Do not be troubled if you do not immediately receive from God what you ask him, for he desires to do something greater for you while you cling to him in prayer. So meditating on Christ's ascension to the Father's right hand should fill you and I with great confidence that he not only hears our prayers, but desires to give us good gifts. Lastly, in a vision, Christ told St. Gertrude, Here I am. I do, not say, I do not come to say goodbye to you. 
but to take you with me to heaven and present you to my Father. Let's foster a spirit that longs even now to be with Jesus in heaven. For where he, our head and founder, has gone before us, we have confidence that as members of his body, we will follow. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.